This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life comes at you fast, kids. How are you? Welcome to uh, Just a Game. I'm me, you're you. Um, if you are uh, joining us on the live stream, our apologies were a little tardy today. If this is a podcast version for you, nothing to see here. Move along. Um, I'm me, you're you. You know that. We've got two great guests for you. Uh, this day was supposed to be about Snoop Dogg. But that all got messed up. We have to drop it like it's hot. Um, it's all about Daryl Sutter. It's all about the Calgary Flames now. Uh, a monumental evening, one might say, in the National Hockey League uh, Stanley Cup playoffs last night. We will touch on that briefly. But the news coming down just before 10 o'clock this morning that the Calgary Flames have relieved Daryl Sutter of his duties. Um, Don Maloney spoke to the media, uh, I want to say, a couple hours ago. doesn't matter. Late in the morning, anyway. Um, thought he was really good. Thought, uh, for what it's worth, uh, you know, this this press conference was uh, uh, excellent for Don in, in many ways. Um, walked everybody through the process. Uh, I, for one, was a little surprised. Uh, I, I suspected that Daryl was coming back uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, tied ownership, those types of things. But at, at the end of the day, I think the Calgary Flames are doing exactly what they need to do. Uh, and what was said today is exactly what the Calgary Flames need to do. They need to go out and find a general manager, the right general manager, the general manager, and then he should find his coach. Uh, courtesy of our friend Wes Gilbertson, who was on Friday, interviewed 25 players, coaches, training, and prominent agents. I think the agent's part is rather important, and I would suggest the agent uh, most prominent in this would be uh, Jonathan Huberto's Alan Walsh. Um, saying all of that... Uh, the Calgary Flames are now, without a general manager, without a coach, have a president of hockey operations, have candidates for both. I would say Mitch Love, who's handling the Wranglers and has for the last couple of years, formerly of the Saskatoon Blades, is kind of the uh, inside favorite couple hours in. I think Ryan Huska belongs there. But external candidates and candidates of the general manager's liking should be considered and will be considered. The general manager itself remains a, a, a position that needs to be filled. So with all of that said, uh, an election starting today with the arena on it. Uh, Daryl, uh, pardon me, Brad Trilving is not coming back. Let's let's put that one to rest. I thought, again, kudos to Don Maloney. He was asked that if, if this opened the door for a return to Brad Trilving. He said, nope, clean break on both sides. Uh, I'm not surprised by that, but at least that's not um, kicking around out there. Uh, as well, I, I would, if you watched the barn burner earlier today, um, Rhett and, uh, and Boomer talked about Jerome McGinley. I'm, I'm not 
focused on Jerome McGinley right now. I'm focused on the GM and then the coach. And then this team being put back together. And I have a couple of, player, a couple of players that I want to talk about too. So we got the right show for it. Later on, Ryan Pike, managing editor of Flames Nation, will join us. Gosh, I wonder what they're going to be writing about and talking about. Um, but as we kick off, we are broadcasting live from Treaty 7 territory, and it's an inclusive uh, show for everybody. Everybody is welcome here. But let's get right to it. Uh, Ski Seller Snowboard brings us our guest, SkiSellerSnowboard.com. 76 years in Calgary. Check out the three locations that are open right now. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center, 17th Avenue Southwest, just off of 14th Street and Bow Ridge Road, Northwest. Um he, like me, uh, bolted, uh, went for greener pastures. I somehow found myself back here where the pastures are still green, um, but uh, I still consider him a, a dear friend, but I also consider him one of the sharper young minds, if I can still say that about him. Uh, he is going to take that sharp mind and do good with it, uh, but why not utilize him and put him to work today with a very busy busy uh, Flames Newsday. Will Nault, formerly of Sportsnet 960, the fan and one of my dear favorites is here. Um, this was a totally different show when I invited you to come on. Yeah, I bet it was. This is probably not what you had on the, <laughs> this, uh, on the drawing board. This is not what I was counting on starting this week with. Um, were you surprised? Like, I was caught completely flat-footed. Yeah, I was trying to find the right word. Um, I don't know if I was stunned, but I certainly... Did not expect it. Well, there was the old... You remember this from the uh, Bob Hartley day. When Bob Hartley got fired, who, by the way, uh, don't win the Jack Adams trophy <laughs> around here. Not in Calgary. <laughs> not, not, I mean, not really in general. No, no, but if you want, you know, if you, if you want job security, this isn't the place. Apparently it happens everywhere, too. Remember... Um what Dwayne Casey won it for the Raptors, and then he the Ra- oh yeah, and so. the same. But that was the same year. He yeah. never even got to come That's back. True. It was like weeks later, right? No, uh, Paul McLean too in Ottawa. Yeah, that happened to him. Yeah. The point I, I guess I was making was with Bob. That was the first time I kind of heard. Am I surprised? Yes. Am I shocked? No. Right. Yeah, that's kind of where I was too. I didn't expect it to happen, but I think when you look at the the entire situation with a wide net, mm-hmm. I think you can understand. And look, at none of us are in the room. None of us know the day-to-day. But if you watch those exit meetings that every player held, um, you look at the body language of certain players, even the body language of just staff and management around the Calgary Flames. I just don't know what that atmosphere was like on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's tough because you have you know, uh, an organization that's gone through a lot of coaches, but I think you also know that this is a move that you had to make if you want to go in the right direction. And it's funny, you mentioned the prominent agents thing earlier. You know who else is thinking about? Who? Nazem Kadri's agent is Darren Ferris, who, if I'm not mistaken, is also Sam Bennett's agent. So there's a little bit of history there. And we can get into that, but no, uh, the point, and I can't remember if I said it on this show or if I said it on another show, the the point I was making was it, it felt very Scott Borish. Yeah. When I saw that comment today, yeah. that I hundred percent, you know, talk to the players, talk to the coaches, talk to the, and I talked to prominent agents, mm-hmm. and we know that in baseball, Scott Boris has that, you know, bigger, yeah, role think, to play than what traditionally agents have. Right? Yeah, and I don't think there's anybody in hockey that has a bigger, you know, whether you like him or hate him. I think nobody. If you asked an average hockey fan for one name of an agent, 
a lot of people, I think, would come up with the name Alan Walsh, and a big reason for that is all his activity on social media. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and so, and, and just in terms of your, you know, the public eye and how you want to come across, I think it's maybe a, probably a guy you don't want to piss off. Well, you signed his client to the biggest contract ever here. Yep, and it's just kicking in, and it's ten million plus, and it was one hundred and sixteen points last year, and it's fifty points off this year. He has to be part of the solution. Right, hundred percent. As you look at this lineup, he has to be part of that solution. Kadri has to be part of that solution. Weger has to be part of that solution. You've made those decisions, um, and and again, I'm not, I'm not bringing it up as a problem. Quite honestly, I'm rather impressed because I, I tell me what you're doing. I thought Don Maloney told us what he was doing today. Yep. I, I thought, good, perfect. I did not like the press conference around uh, Brad Trilliving's. Uh, uh, when he exited, it just, it felt off kilter. It felt like, you know, a little bit, um, I don't know, just wrong. It just didn't feel uh, genuine, like, yeah, not sincere, genuine. accurate. It just felt like it was a dry run. Transparent. No, it was all of that. It just was off kilter, okay. off kilter. Today felt like I'm the president of hockey operations. This is what we're going to do. We've listened. Maybe, We've listened. It felt a little more direct, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, I didn't expect it at all. I really did not. And yeah. I, I think, you know, you mentioned that right before you brought me on, you mentioned the comment about the fact that Maloney addressed it today. He was asked about Brad Living and said, no, we're going to go clean from both. And I think you have to. I think I, I think Brad did a lot of good things for mm-hmm. this organization. If you look at his tenure over nine years as a whole, I don't think you can argue that he did more bad than good. I think he did more good than bad for the Calgary Flames. Oh, and okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he did more good than yeah. bad over his nine years. And yeah, okay, he went through a lot of coaches, but I don't know a lot of that was his fault. And I, some of that was out of his control. You yeah. know, uh, the Bill Peters one, I think we can have a conversation about that along, you know, another day or whatever. But yep. so didn't expect it because it's not in the Calgary Flames history. And no. I think... Uh, I don't know if you you look at it from the outside, and again, not to say the outside makes the decisions for them, but I do think there seemed to be this, almost like this tidal wave of momentum towards a potential coaching change in Calgary, and that wave finally crested. Well, the whole thing felt awkward. Yes. Like, everything felt awkward. And Um, like you said, going back to that True Living exit press conference with Don Maloney, that's exactly where it started. It all felt awkward. Uh, Now, every, uh, I'm, I'm, not naive. I know how the business works. Every year you're going to have customers that are happy and customers that aren't happy. You never, you, you never, um, renew season tickets at a hundred percent, right? Your renewals are probably in the eighties. So obviously some, you're going to lose people, but it just felt a little more palatable, uh, not palatable, but palpable out there that there was frustration in the fan base people were sharing responses on social media and that's what social media has become don't get me wrong i'm yep. not i'm not trying to make this to be a mountain out of a molehill but it, it sure feels like the flames listened a little bit yeah uh to that um and, and you know credit murray edwards because you know it's easy to say well murray we never hear from murray and it's his coach and this and that this is you know clearly they went through the process this is the the decision I just, I'm wondering, Will, what's different this time? Jay Feaster became the GM after Darrell. He got to hire Bob Hartley. He could have, 
and I'm not saying they interviewed him or anything like that. I'm just saying the timeline lined up. That there was a coach in Syracuse named John Cooper that could have been a, a candidate. You know what I'm saying? Yep. What do you do this time? Uh, Elliot Friedman is, is you know, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a better insider in, in hockey than, than Elliot Friedman. And he's talked openly the last couple of years about services, search firms. Do you go outside and bring a search firm in? Do you go outside and bring an executive headhunting crew in to come in and do this? Or do you continue to do the traditional way, which is we'll just take care of it internally. We have the staff. We have Don. We'll do it that way. Um, I see value in both sides. I, I do. Um, I, I go back to my original point. I think the best candidate for this job is Craig Conroy. I think Craig Conroy deserves this job. I think he's... But that's me. That's not a headhunting firm. That's 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 not somebody who's in it interviewing or anything. This is a friend of mine that I think has paid his dues, is smart, is bright, yeah. and is passionate. Let's give him a chance. Having said that, I don't think you need to rush at this point. Yeah, it's funny because I, I feel the exact same way in a lot of what you just talked about in terms of the GM search and the coaching search for this organization. I've said it a lot of times, I think when you look at the way this organization over the last two decades has gone about their business, why are you copying things from the past? Like what sticks out? You're like, oh, that worked really well. Let's do that again. So in terms of taking a wide scope and interviewing every single candidate, whether they be internal or external, I think you absolutely have to go that way mm -hmm. because whatever you've done in the past, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, it hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to take that approach. And I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Rob. I think the NHL is probably the worst out of all the sports in terms of the retread hires like I, I think they have to do a better job and this is not in Calgary and maybe it's gotten better the last four or five years but in general it's always okay coach x or gm x gets fired and all of a sudden we're anointing candidate well, x or candidate y and I think and I, I don't want to take a, I, I don't want to make I, I don't want to turn this into a personal vendetta or a uh, you know, take a shot at anybody. But I will say, when the news broke this morning, I was listening to a prominent hockey program to hear what Elliot had to say. And the host said, well, maybe, you know, Bruce Boudreaux. And I'm exactly. like, oh, Exactly my G point. Gabby's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. What's he won? Why does he get the number one But he's one a favorite of a whole bunch of media guys. Because he's a nice guy. He's, he's a nice guy. And he's fun to talk and, to, and, and he's great on a media panel. He And it didn't work in Vancouver for many of the same reasons it didn't no. work for Daryl here. And as I say, I mean, again, great guy. He's got a great regular season record. And I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but what's he won? Like, why is he the top candidate? What's he won? I'll tell you. You know, okay. I will say something that I truly believe. I am not saying this for... And I'm not... By the way, just quickly, I'm not saying winning has to be the only thing that you look for in a coach, but I just... How many times is Bruce Boudreaux going to get a crack before somebody else gets one is, I guess, maybe what I was no, saying. No, I know what you're saying about the retread part. I was just processing the NFL. I'm not sure if the NFL isn't... They might be top of the mountain when it comes to the worst. Similar. Yeah, very But similar. I'll tell you this. You got my attention when the Raptors are reportedly in on Becky Hammond. Yep. Right, that's that, what I mean. That has I, my attention. I think I think they need to go elsewhere, and that's not. And, and to go back no, to your original point, gonna, but I was just going to say, well, the that's, name that I will bring up that I think should be interviewed, and uh, you, fire away, you, try your worst, aim hard. I'm not hard to find. I'm a big fat guy, and I'm slow. I would be interviewing. Um, 
I'll, I'll tell you right now, I would be interviewing Carla McLeod. I would. I would. I would. I, I don't think you have anything to lose by doing it, honestly. She has proven on the international stage, and, and it's been shown to the world about culture and treating... We had Billy Jaffe on the program a while ago, mm -hmm. and we were talking about coaching today and, and coaching, you know, the way it used to be. And he said, the difference now is you talk to the player, not at the player. Mm -hmm. And we have proof. Here's the other thing. I was at a coaching, or I was at a coaching event where Carla McLeod was presenting, and she was asked if she wanted to coach in the NHL, and she said, no, I would rather coach the highest level of women. So... But what, I, what I'm trying to say is I think that's your process. I think if, if you talk to her, then you are truly talking to everybody available, right? Yeah, and I, I think by talking to a bunch of different people, you lose nothing. Like, I, I think it's great to get different perspectives and views yeah. about your roster, your organization, how you do business. You know, how would you do this if you took things over? I, I don't think it hurts at all. And, you know, even if you kind of set it up, say you're going down the road with Carla McLeod and, you, and she kind of has the understanding from the beginning, hey, I don't want to coach in the NHL, but I'm happy to talk to you guys. I'm happy to, you yep. know, show you my ideas, the way I build teams, the way I build culture, all that yep. type of stuff. And I, I don't think it hurts you at all. I really don't. And you're right. I think the results for Carla specifically speak for themselves. And I, you look at what she's done with Czechia, the last two uh, Olympics and World Championships. I they mean, had never won medals before. No. And now they've won medals back, back to back. back. Yeah. And it's all been done and out in front of everybody can see it. Yeah. Having said that, the, the Flames have two really interesting internal candidates, Ryan Huska and Mitch Love. And I think for a lot of people, whether you're a fan of this team or you're a, a national media member or you are a hockey diehard fan, I don't think you can look at this Flames organization and disagree with those two guys maybe being at the top of the list. But that's not to say there's an external candidate that should be right there in the running. And, you know, going back to the original this conversation, I think you have to talk to everybody, but there's no secret. I mean, he... Don't have to look very far to see results with both those guys. And I know that Huska has not been a head coach in the NHL, but he's been with this team long enough that he knows a lot of the personnel. Mm -hmm. Certainly has had a view and a bird's eye view a lot of times too about the way the last couple of years have gone down. I mm -hmm. don't think that hurts. Mm -hmm. And then for Mitch Love, I mean, the resume is right there for you to look at. And what he's done the last two years in the American Hockey League is 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 nothing short of brilliant and right. i think if you're looking to graduate a lot of players and i'm not saying that the next two years all of a sudden there's 12 wranglers in the lineup mm -hmm. but i think if you're trying to go with continuity you're trying to um you know play the same structure both the american hockey league and the national hockey league level i think you have to look at mitch love and and i think that he's he's right there in terms of you're always looking you know we just talked about retreads you're always looking for that next kind of you know, coach, and we talk about all the turnover here. Mitch Love can come here and be a coach for five, six years. Do you think he would love that if you're the Calgary If Flames? Mitch Love comes here and, and is a coach for five or six years, he'll become the all-time yeah. uh, leader in games coached I mean, by the Calgary boom, Flames. bingo. Which is, and, and so that let's, so, so we're in agreement there. Let's draw this back a little bit, and I want to bring you into the conversation that I have been having with different people. And, you know, this week we're going to have Peter Marr on. This week we'll have Eric Dehatchek, and I've talked to them a little bit about this. I look. Thank at God I'm not following them. No. No. Well, no. Um, but I go back to, well, let's go back to last night. Last night, uh, arguably one of the biggest uh, upsets in the history of the National Hockey League took place in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
points-wise, all those sort of things. Nobody had ever had a better, better regular season than the Boston. I believe League. it was the widest discrepancy in points in league history. Right. In the playoffs. Right. And the Panthers win in overtime. They win the series 4-3. Um, but to me, it's the guys that were around the game winner. Sam Bennett and Matt Kachuk. Matt Kachuk, you can make the case, would have left anyway. He's gone to Florida. He's not paying taxes, all those sort of things. Mm -hmm. I believe building. I believe being safe and in the middle all the time. And I believe the coaching might have cost you that player. I, I think at some point you have to address, the Calgary Flames have to address and come up with a plan for drafting a player from anywhere in the world and being able to keep them. Just because they're American players, and I've heard this, this isn't a new thing. I've heard this with Johnny Gaudreau. You heard it with Johnny Gaudreau. We yeah. heard it, you know, we heard it with Matt Kachuk. We watched it in action with Adam Fox and all of these sort of things. Yep. But the Calgary Flames need to prove to people that they can draft, develop, and keep really good players. We have not seen this team draft number one overall. The team up the road did it four times in six years or whatever it is. Hell, you and I were hosting the draft lottery show for Connor McDavid. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget it. It's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. how does this happen? Yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. That has not happened. That lightning bolt has never struck this team. You can make a case that in, in many ways, Matt Kachuk might be the best drafted player by the Calgary Flames. Now, still has to finish, and, you know, there's Newendike, and there's Flurry in there. They but didn't draft again. In terms of them left. actually calling the name, yes. For them, right? Yeah. You know, and they weren't able to keep him. That's a problem. That is an issue. I go back to, you were, you know, Knee high to a grasshopper, but I go back to 20 years ago when the number one problem in this league was the Canadian Equalization Fund. The, the, the Canadian teams had to get propped up because of the dollar. And then came the salary cap, and guess what? Then they got back. It seems to me that we're getting back to this yeah. situation where the Canadian teams are not able to keep the players again. And it's, it's not the same, but it's, it's not that different either. Right, like no. I, I, we could talk about Winnipeg. That was an ugly, ugly situation this past weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. and even uh, the situation in Toronto. What's uh, McCabe? I think uh, Elliot was talking about it before they got him at the deadline. He had every Canadian team on his no trade except Toronto. Hundred percent. And Rich Winter up in Edmonton, Gio's eight. I believe he Anji Yapani's. Yes, yes, I think. Yes, he's, he's got a current flame, but I, I believe he has said that most teams or most players list all the Canadian teams yeah. on the no trades. Yeah. And yet Oliver Ekman Larson's agent go on when he got traded to Vancouver, go on Vancouver radio, say players don't want to play in Canada. Yeah. We, that needs to be addressed. Like the flames need to be in a fighting position that if, you know, they should be credited. This was part of my argument about with Ryan last week, there was a couple of articles about the mess quote unquote, the mess that tree left and I'm like, what mess? Anyway, yeah, I can see their point, but to me, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of contracts there for sure. But, but it's every NHL team. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's, they're all looking for salary cap relief. They all yeah. want 
you know, I had the to trouble is Calgary being right against it without doing anything so far, which is going to be a difficult problem to address going forward. But I don't know if it's something that all of a sudden you look at it and say, yeah, but, you, but, but I don't want to be I'm, the GM but, of the Flames because of that. See, I'm of the belief that this team underachieved. I'm the belief. No, that I, for and sure. Maloney said it today. I mean, look at like you could come back with this team and win next year. Seventeen OT losses. Oh, I know. I mean, realistically, I know that it's you. You, you can play the coulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda game forever, but you turn four of those into wins, and you're in the playoffs. And oh, I know that Matt Phillips. Yeah, it's Matt Phillips. It, it it starts and ends with Matt Phillips for me, and people who watch this program know. And again, I'm not right. That's my opinion. It starts and ends with Matt Phillips. You did not give Matt Phillips an honest opportunity here in the National Hockey League, right? Third team to suffer 31 goal losses. So you're saying, Rob, that we should have put all of our hopes and dreams in a rookie. Kid did it last Friday. Who scored the overtime winner? Who scored it? Right? Do you not do you not go there? You have that look in your eye that I've seen before when you're letting the old man rant. You're going to just let me run out of air and then I'm going to tire myself out and then you're going to pounce. I've seen this movie before from you. I piss a lot of people. I don't think Matt Phillips is an NHLer. But I Why? And that, and this is good. Thank you. Thank you. This is good. I I think he is your prime Really, really good American Hockey League player, but Darren Haydar, uh, right there, uh, Locke. Yeah. There's a the bunch list, of them. The list the, goes the on list and on, goes on, 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 on. And I think if Matt Phillips wanted to go to Europe, I think he would have a hell of a career for yep. ten years. Yeah, you don't I, think I he's Paul think Byron? He's, I just think he's right there. You don't think he's Paul Byron? No, I don't. See, I think he. I think I remember watching Paul Byron at the American League level in Abbotsford. And I've watched Matt Phillips at the American League level in Stockton, and, and I think Matt Phillips is a better player. Okay. I do. I think Matt Phillips does not get enough credit for going to places that he should, that he needs to go to, that he has no problem getting dirty. He has no pro- I think on a team that no longer has Johnny Gaudreau, don't give me the size thing. I think he can do that. But on a team that was so lacking offense, I mean, he played two games. And he had impact. He he was, well, he was I mean, on the ice in that Toronto game for a power play goal. You, you know what I'm saying? And he, like, does, he does have the tool that I think everyone looks for in today's game, which is speed. And and and, and I completely grant you, Will, 100% grant you, that he may never play in the National Hockey League. I will grant you that. But I've watched him, and, and to me, I just don't know what you why you would say no. Why Here's you, what I will say. I do think my... I'm not going to change my opinion. I don't think he's an NHL player, but I will say this. This is where I will agree with you. I think you lose nothing by giving him a chance. Correct. That's, Legitimate chance. And that's and that's not to say, you know, come up and play seven games and play 6.43 a night with, you know... So I'm listening to the Don Maloney press conference today, listening to the voices who are asking questions going, I wonder who will read their phone right now if I send them a text to ask. Because I wanted the question asked. Would you? Who'd you text? I didn't. I just don't trust any of them. Wes would have done it. You think what? I, no, no. I just don't trust that Wes was looking at his phone. No, he, he will. But he was looking at his phone during what about, the... What about Vickers? Vickers, what else are you doing? He'll look oh, at his I, phone. I don't know if he was doing any... I don't even know if he was there. I never heard wow. him. Wow. Right? I'm assuming he was. My point being is, would you... And, and I think I have your answer. Uh, we all assume that he's going to leave as a group six. Yes. Right? Why would he stay? Would you offer 
Matt Phillips a one-year league minimum one way? No, because I don't think you can guarantee him a spot on this team. I think this team has too many contracts that are way too expensive that they can't afford. Like, By the way, I, you're I just think, putting up Phillips' stats. Just Gav's the best. Gav's always supporting me. So he's just, always, he's he looking always, out for you. He's he looking always, out for you. Oh, sorry, he didn't get a point on that power play. He was on the power play, never got a you. point there. No, got a penalty, though. Right. Um, no, I, I I think going back to the Calgary Flames, and you mentioned the article or the piece that said True Living left this team in a mess or whatever. Yeah. I think the contract structure and the way this team is built right now today, unless you're trading numerous vets, I just don't think you can make that so guarantee to vet. I think to you're moving Vladar out. Yes, I do, too. I think you're moving Vladar out to make room for, for I, Wolf. I think the same thing. I think... Um, I th- I think you're th- you had three, possibly f- four. Uh, Gav, if you can put that uh, st- uh, the uh, cap friendly, or uh, is it cap friendly now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that there you go. So you're losing Lewis, you're losing uh, Richie, you're losing uh, Lucci, and you're not bringing any of them back. No, right. So there's three spots, and so, they've already signed Dewar. Right. Right. Yeah. So the other one I'm interested in bringing back is Stetcher. But we did find out today that uh, Shillington's looks like I he's did on see track. that. I did see that. So that's uh, a positive. Frank Cerevelli saying that uh, and the I Flames he, do expect him to be back. I think you got to have room for Pelche, right? So if you're bringing uh, Shillington back, how do you make room for Stetcher? I don't know if you do. A, 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 or is that a one for one kind of replacement? Well, is that how you see it? Not one for one because I don't. Well, he's out, or he's out in. You Ch- have seven so. players next year that are due contracts. So you have to deal with some of those now. Yep. I my assumption is as as great a story as this would be, I don't think that Michael Backlund and Elias Lindholm go arm in arm into the office and go, "Good. We're staying. Let's get an extension done." I don't disagree. I think you're probably going to see some space created. Um, you probably have, and I, I think the other part of this, and we haven't really talked about the Daryl part, but you know, Rhett brought it up, and and uh, Wes brought it up, and some people have brought it up that it's real. And you know, I had coffee with Peter Mar yesterday, and he said it: easy to fire one guy than twenty. Mm-hmm. I think, which is what they just did today. Which is what they did today. Unless they start moving out some bodies, there may be some guys that just aren't coming back, right? You know, no, like, and I think you have to. You know, as much as we talked about how you know this team, if you bring them back, you can win with them. Yeah, I, I don't think it's it's uh, it's you crazy. Can't, to you s- can't bring them back the way they're constructed. You no, have no. to add to it. You can bring back yeah. a good chunk of it, but you yeah. can't look at your fan base and honestly say, "Oh, we're bringing everybody back because we believe in them." No, you're gonna have to make some changes, but. What you those changes look like and the depth of them, that's yeah. very curious. Now, I ask this question only because I believe this player is worth more, not because I believe that that's what I would do. But in terms of those two guys, yeah. if you're trying to be competitive next season and look after your salary structure, yeah. can you trade Elias Lindholm and be competitive next year? Well, I don't know what you're getting back. Do you think, I guess what I'm asking you is, is there enough in a trade with Lindholm I think to remain Lindholm's contract. You're not, maybe not getting the same player back, but can you get something similar where the Flames have done it before and they can kind of shuffle things and make it work? Well, I think Elias Lindholm has been two people in the last two years. Yes, he and he's on part, an absolute bargain. He's on contract. an absolute bargain. He was 
probably the the center, the driving force on the best line in hockey last year. Agreed. And this year, I think he was very good defensively, but he just was not offensively impactful. He wasn't engaged. Yeah. Not all the time, but I think there were stretches sure. where he wasn't himself. And so, if you want to call A Lindholm two years ago and B Lindholm, you nearly made the playoffs with B Lindholm. Right. You can replace B Lindholm. Right. You couldn't replace A Lindholm. Correct. If you can get A Lindholm back, you sign him to a long term deal. I I don't disagree. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would do the I I think I I would do the exact same thing. So I think you probably go into next year without signing either guy and and maybe kind of go down that road if you come back with both or you make the decision and trade Backlund this summer and because I, I think you're going to have to move a big money deal out because you have to do something whether it's Phillips or anybody else you're graduating I think you want to have a little bit of well, room and, right? and, and, you yes. don't want to be right against it as you enter September whatever on day one of camp yes and, and I think part of that is um, you know who do you want to graduate yeah you want to graduate Wolf and is there more in that list, or is well, it just him? it depends on how you look at it. Are, are Dewar and, and Pelche graduates, right? Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm only saying, I'm only saying uh, uh, Maddie Phillips because I, I just have beaten that horse. But to me, that was the problem that I had with Daryl. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I just felt like I, I want to know. I want to answer your question. You don't think he is? I think Daryl didn't think he was, or he would have. Right, right? Daryl's uh, not a dumb guy. Yeah, uh, I just think. In a but he 30- also didn't. He also didn't think so with Valimaki and how that turned out. Right, like so. That's why you have to. Well, let's get that one. To, let's let that one ruminate a little bit. But he had a good season on a bad team, which makes it kind of a little bit more impressive. Yeah, but th- we ha- uh, does it. We had you know. Sorry, but we you and I worked through some seasons where this was a bad team and you had guys with good years. So Fair. Are you are you good on a bad and team? I'm not. And, and, not and that to I, me, I'm with you. Let's not jump the gun and call Valimaki and a slam dunk top four guy for the I, next but, decade. But, 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 I, but, I, but I think it was. I don't think it was the right play. I don't think it was asset management. No. And I think. I, I guess that's and, what I was getting at. To force that, him out of town. And is that not goes the, back to the GM. Yeah. You know. I'm not kicking anybody on their way out here, but the one thing you can say about Brad Living was he gave his coaches a lot of leeway when it yeah. came to player decisions. And, and I go, ups. you know, I go all the way back to uh, Berchi getting moved out. You know, Bob didn't like him. He got, we moved him, right? And that's, so, and you can't, and then three months later, it's like, we have no skill on the wing. Well, you had it, but yeah. your coach wouldn't develop it. And, to me, part of coaching in the National Hockey League, Don Maloney brought it up. I keep going back to the presser today, but Don Maloney brought it up today about the age of this league and how prepared these players are. They're younger. It's a young league. It has to be a young league, right? Yeah. It has to be. So you have to start developing more at the NHL level. Daryl, I can tell you exactly Daryl's philosophy. First year pro, you learn how to be a pro in the American Hockey League. Second year, you come in, you get a couple games in the NHL, so you see what that's about. Third year, you get an up, you get a down, you get an up, and you stay. David Moss, Eric Nystrom. I don't say that because I am old. I am old. But those were the guys that did... Eric Nystrom, people forget, was a first-round pick. He was a first-round pick. And that's exactly how he got into the National Hockey League. And that's always worked for Daryl. And the league has changed. They need to give... You know, you can't you can't have a general manager bring up a young guy and just sit him in the press box because the coach won't play him, but won't send him back because he wants to prove a point. Right, right. 
And and quite honestly, you know, part of this list we were talking about who goes and part of what you're also hearing um, is that quite honestly, as much as it might have been Daryl against the, the room, the room might have been split too, right? There may have been some guys in that room that weren't helping the situation either. So this is the... Well, I mean, let's be honest. You don't have to look very far. Like, this team has gone through a lot of coaches, and for a lot of the nucleus of this team, yes, there's been some bodies that have gone in and out, in and out, but a lot of it has stayed. So, yeah, I don't know if we can put it all on the coach. Your point about the room being split, I don't think it's a bad one because you look at the evidence and what's happened with this history of this team the last 10, 15 years, and yeah. it's been a lot of, you know, carousel with the coaching. So Well, it... it Honestly, it really, really has. Um, we, Ryan Pike's coming up in a little while, and as a matter of fact, he's sitting in the in the waiting room right now. So we'll apologize. He's on deck. To, he's on deck. We'll apologize to him. Hopefully, Hi, Pike. So the, the, he's mad at me. Why? Yeah, because last week when the whole arena thing went down, can we put him up? Let's get him up right now. Well, I don't think we should do that. Why? I think we should just talk. He about explain him. himself. No, no, he doesn't have any explaining to do. I'm the one that has explaining to do. Oh, so you're doing it now before he comes out. Yes, because the news on the building came out last Tuesday, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot to digest And you didn't call him. No, I did. I texted him while he was writing. Pike, I know the truth. And he's trying to write, and I'm picking an argument with him over text. And I keep texting him stuff, and I'm poking, and I'm poking, and I'm poking. And finally he goes, I'm trying to write. I'm writing. And I go, oh, yeah, you are. So I wasn't being a really good teammate last week. I was being a suck. And yet he's agreed to come back on your show. Well, he's kind of, kind of contractually obligated. Oh, so sorry, I mean, given, given it, given the choice, he would have walked away a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't honestly, I don't blame him. Uh, do you carry well pine uh, on the building? Uh, I think it's interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I think it's interesting too. Interesting no, the fact now. that hey, 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 I mean. Seems like every time around, uh, it's always tied to an election, huh? I uh, can I get uh, buy three hundred uh, buy votes for three hundred three thirty million, please, for two hundred, Alex. I like this project, Will. Like this of all the projects, it's good. It's good, and I love the community rink. I love it all. Going all the way back to Calgary. Hold on now. Uh Oh, you can love the community rink. It's not big enough. Why? What's the problem? It should be five thousand seats. What's what is it? It's one thousand. Oh, yeah. It should be 5,000. Right? Because the Hitman it, could play there. I was going to say, it should be five or 7,000, and the Hitman should play there. Right. And then if you, and, and God love if a women's professional team comes here. Beautiful. And you could, I mean. Right? You could charge them, but you could put the basketball team there, too. You could? Yeah. Get a little cash? Yeah, sure. <laughs> who doesn't like cash, right? Cash money. Who doesn't like cash? But yeah, I, I think it'll be, uh, it's an interesting way to try and win votes in the city of Calgary, I guess. I don't like it. Like I like the project. It's ugly. Huh? It's it, in terms of using that, it's ugly. Yeah, but at least she said it. It's true. Right? That's not like, hiding. I there's, there's not hiding. There's nothing she has done that I'm a fan of except that she was so honest about it. Oh it's no, a, no, I'm buying your votes. Yeah. No, no, God bless you. Thank you. Guys, I'm not gonna, not yeah. gonna I'm buying your votes. I'm not hiding it. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Um I like like I like the vision of it. I like what it looks like. I mean, with no pictures, I'm still mad. There's no pictures. I need pictures, but I like the vision. Renderings. Of there's no renderings. Okay, but you're cool with it. I am cool with it. I think it'll be awesome. And look, at this city's been trying to build one for 20 years. Uh, I don't think it's any secret <laughs> that we need one. Didn't you 
We desperately need one. Uh, I think it'll be awesome. I think... The location's right? I think the location is prime. I, I know that this city has talked about many different ones, whether that be Balzac, whether that be west side of downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think this is the best spot for it. And if this project does get the green light... Who talked about Balzac? I think it's good. Well, I think there was a lot of people that talked about Cross Iron Mills. Is there not? I never did. Well, okay. So if I so didn't, if you didn't, then not, we're not talking about this show. The only thing I remember out at Balzac was, uh, and you, again, you're too young to remember this, uh, uh, Michael Federick and Fred Fateri. They were going to build that an, young. They were going to build an NFL stadium out at Balzac. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Okay, well, that you're young. young. You are compared to me. Fair. I mean, you're legally you can drink and drive and. <laughs> You know, not together, not together. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't not say together. No, I meant come. What has this program come. become? Uh oh, we just muted a mic. <laughs> Do you see that too? Yeah, it's come up every time I speak, it comes up. Or uh, I, don't I don't know. But, anyways, I don't know. I leave you for a little bit. I leave and this you show just for a little turns bit. into that. All right. Um, what are okay? So, you walked away, mm-hmm. you, you threw your arms up in the air and said, I'm done with this. I, I cannot it. put up with you creeps anymore out i hate everyone that's that's exactly and i'm that's going my to live as i'm verbatim. going to live as a hermit it's my speech this, verbatim right yeah what are you doing you nailed it what are you doing these days uh i'm doing lots of different things rob are you i'm a chef are you no okay i'm a chef at home though doesn't I do count. like to cook doesn't count um no i'm doing lots of fun stuff okay but uh we will i i i'll make you this promise we will do a very uh Fun career reveal on your next program. On the next program. The next time I'm here. When is that? Whenever you want me here. Let's do like... I have a space Wednesday. I might have a space after this one because I don't know if Pike's going to stay. I wouldn't blame him if he ditched it and ran. Well, I don't think he's listening anymore. No, he's listening. I can tell. He's writing notes. It's a Hewitt's and it's... I'm writing, Rob. It's it's the Nation's Network's first HR complaint. (laughs) That's what it is. I know. Because you're holding him up. Well, he's trying to write, and I'm like, come on, I'm asking you a question. Answer my question. He's no. like, I'm trying to write a story. Oh, sorry. It's fine. He's trying to write. I was just going to say, this summer when you have less exciting things to do and you have time to hey. keep, I will be here. Hey, hey, less, less. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Ryan just chimed in. Not our first HR complaint. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Ah. Uh, I guess I'm up on multiple charges again. Yeah, not your first. Right? Okay, so we'll bring you back. You'll make a career. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll talk about it on here. Okay, you will? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Before anybody else, will you reveal it on this program? Yes, I can do that. Okay. For you. You're the best. Thanks for coming in. It's great to see you. It's great to see half of you. It's finally, I've seen this. Oh, I know what I want before you go. Oh. No, no, before no, you I gotta go. go. Can you share, I gotta go. Can you share the story about Tree? Because, oh, yes, yes. I would um, because Wes shared it too. And this is nothing to do about the job or anything to do. Just I want people to understand the caliber of this man. Yeah, I, I think it's very important. I put this on Twitter uh, the day that he the news came out that he was uh, not going to come back. And I've been around the flames, obviously, since I was hired by the fan in late 2012. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, eight, nine years going down to the rink and down to the basement. Obviously, Tree was there for almost every single one of them. Uh, a lot of talk and going past through him, talked to him on the air a number of times, talked to him in the hallway a number of times, lots of great times uh, on and off the air with him. And and certainly 
just to to get the the scope of the man he is, um, I don't think it's any secret. Anybody who listened to the radio for any amount of time I was on, um, you know, for a good five six years, my mom, my mom had a very lengthy battle with with cancer. Um, she ultimately lost that battle in in 2019 in in July, and and uh, got a random number, and uh, this would have been three four days after it happened random number and uh, didn't have the number saved in my phone and uh, just said, Hey, well, it's, it's Brad true living. Uh, and it was just a very long and very personal. Uh, he shared things about his personal life with his family, things that he'd gone through before. Um, and, you know, I don't know who's listening out there who's lost a parent, but especially one, when you've been young, I was 28 when my mom died. And when you lose a parent at that age, uh, it's it's like you're lost. And for somebody of that stature who you think just walks by you in the hall and probably wouldn't pick you out of a police line in the future, um, to get a text like that and just to get a personal story and, and just, you know, at a time where you could use anything to lift up and, you know, the Flames sent me flowers and they did a lot of good things for me. But that that text right there uh, just, just said everything about the man. And um, he was one of those guys too that when he asked him a question in a big group setting was always a guy that would pick out your name and, and not everyone yep. does that. Yep. And uh, yeah, just, just all class all the time. And, and I have all the time in the world for Brad for living and I hope he lands on his feet. I know he will. And whenever he wants to work again, he will. Perfect. Um, okay. So big career reveal for you later this summer. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're making it sound like it's exciting. It's not that. It is exciting. Okay. It is exciting. All right. Thanks for coming on. Pat. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry, Pike. Oh, he'll be okay. Will Nolte, everybody, brought to you by the Ski Sellers Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Not just skis and snowboards on sale right now. They'll keep you warm and dry, too. And, hey, it's nice now. It's not going to be nice next winter. Why not get a ahead of it? Uh, we are live in the Oodle Noodle studio. We bring the heat. Butter chicken mac and cheese, Kung Pao noodles, Bangkok Pad Thai classic, vegetarian and gluten-friendly options. Pick up and delivery at two locations, 1244 uh, 17th Avenue Southwest, 105 Main Street North in Airdrie. And what has been a, a weird and wacky kind of day, uh, not that our next guest is weird and wacky, but he can appreciate that kind of day. Mm. That wasn't me, folks. No, no, that's not me making that noise. By the way, I just got a text from the UCP party, so they must be listening. <laughs> they must you? be listening. Yeah. So, hi, you- this is Sam from the Conservative Party of Canada. Oh, that's not the UCP. Well, that's the. That's the yeah, sorry, that's the. That, that's the feds. They're all coming after you. They're all after you. Don't worry about it, dude. Uh, ski seller snowboard, ski seller snowboard.com, 76 years. Uh, late this afternoon, but that's on me. Ryan Pike, the managing editor of. Flames Nation joins us. Mr. Pike, good afternoon to you, sir. My goodness, an awful lot of buildup to Will Will disclosing he's becoming an interpretive dancer. Well, uh, you know... (laughs) Yes. I can still hear you. you Thanks for spoiling it. Now you don't have to listen in July. Well, no, we were going to move everything and we were going to allow him to come prancing through the door and have a wide-angle shot, but... But Pike it's important ruined. to use our platform to give deserving people some exposure. So yes, you no. Know, oh. Don't you want to keep this YouTube license? Don't you want to keep that? <laughs> I don't know how this works. I don't, I don't know. know how. Just any thinking, of this. if you had me dancing interpretively on it, it might uh, it might be a good way to lose it. It's our <laughs> salute to analytics. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't even know why I went there. What a, what a weird last two weeks. Eh? Oh my! Isn't it? Like this today, this should be you and I 
talking about the building. And that's the notes I have, right? Because we have not had a chance other than my apologies to you. Come on, Ryan. I want to know this. Rob, I'm trying to write an article. I oh, felt so bad. I had a, beca- I, because of the way, bless, <laughs> I, this is not a knock at all at the fine people of the city of Calgary. Uh, behind the scenes, a small army of people have been shepherding this monstrosity through basically since 2013 uh, to varying levels of success. Uh, but they give, you, they give you a package and they basically uh, take like probably like eight years of work and cram it into six pages. And of course they can't put everything in. Sure. So, and then half of our questions, you know, uh, we asked the mayor things, we asked John Bean things, we asked uh, the premier things. And the answer to a lot of it is, eh, we'll see what happens when the, when the agreements are done, which is a deeply unsatisfactory answer sure when you really want to turn things over in your head. So right. it was, it was a fun day. It was a day. Uh, <laughs> today is a day where you, and we use the Bob Hartley surprised, yes, shocked, no. Uh, what about today's news? Surprised, yes, to a certain extent, because the the you know it it seemed from the outside like you know okay they made their choice when yep. you know when Bradley Living decides okay I'm out it feels like okay they made their choice, and then when Don Maloney uh, two weeks ago does his press conference and when he's asked very bluntly hey. You know what's happened to Daryl, and he goes, eh, "We'll see." That was that was interesting because they had the opportunity. Like, how many how many of these kind of press conferences have we seen where the new GM, the old GM, whoever's using the title GM, mm-hmm. gives a full throated defense of their coach, and you go, "Okay, that makes sense. Yes, he, he has a contract. That makes that makes sense to me." Right. So the fact that they they sent gave him his walking papers before his extension even kicked in i think it doesn't kick in officially till july 1 yep. that's interesting to me because yep. it is a is a ownership group that is you know as they should be loath to give people money to not do stuff for them mm-hmm. giving the guy money to not do stuff for them and so that's that was probably the most interesting part of it but you know it's uh it certainly makes a lot of things make sense in hindsight eh yeah i think so yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I go back to the fall, really, where, you know, okay, you know, Brad made the most out of the summer that he did. He got some players back. Daryl, obviously, we know he can coach, and, he, you know, they had a good run, regular season. You guys both deserve extensions. Here they are. And Daryl takes his, and Brad doesn't take his, right? But at the time, sure, ownership thought, these are our two guys moving forward. We're good, right? And here we are 10 months later. And neither one are here. Yeah, it's uh, on a certain level. I, I tweeted this earlier. It certainly kind of has those 2002 Greg Gilbert, Mark Savard vibes, doesn't it? Where you mm. know Craig Craig Button, and he's in, he's gone on record saying that this was you know he didn't handle this particularly well in retrospect. But you know you have Greg Gilbert and Mark Savard butting heads for yep. months and months and months, yep. and then you trade the player, and then a couple weeks later you fire the coach anyway. Yeah. So you end up That's with a good point. Neither of the pieces you really wanted to have, and you know, granted, I mean they they turned the pros- they turned Mark Savard into you know the uh, a punchline of a, of a prospect by the name of Ruslan Zanulin, <laughs> who played zero games in North America in his life. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it's you know it it is what it is, and I think. The, you could say that they've learned some lessons from the past, or at least you hope they have. But I mean, this this is going to be 
as much as we talked about, you know, last summer being a seismically important summer, Johnny Gaudreau walks in free agency. Sean Monahan gets jettisoned out with a first round pick to clear cap space. Uh, they make the big trade with Florida. They sign Huberdeau. They sign Weaker. Yeah. They sign Kadri. It really felt like a change in the guard on the ice. This summer could be up there with maybe the summer of 2000 in terms of, you know, it's the first time in 23 years they've had a, a no GM and no coach. Yep. And they have the ability to chart the course for the next 23 years based on the decisions they make over the next two months. I am. Uh, uh, okay. I want to do this in pieces. Let's start with the piece this morning. I am really impressed with Don Maloney today. I thought Don Maloney had an excellent press conference. Yeah. I, granted, I, 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 I like Don. I think Don's really well-spoken. I think the emotionality of Brad's departure two weeks ago was still very evident on his face. I think he was wearing it. And I think, you know, I, I when you have someone, you know, people are well aware of the history between Brad True Living and Don Maloney. Mm-hmm. Brad got his first job in the National Hockey League working for the Coyotes under Maloney. Maloney, you know, really groomed him as yep. a, a hockey ops guy. And there's a lot of, you know, Brad's fingerprints on Maloney and vice versa. And when, you know, when someone you are that close with decides, I, I'm not feeling I got to go, even if you understand why they're doing it, you know, the the first day, the first time you have to sit and talk about it is tough. Yep. So from a human element, I completely get it. Yep. And I, you know, I'm, I was completely willing. I thought he was articulate or at least as articulate as he could reasonably expect it to be in that kind of emotional situation. I thought he was great today yeah. in terms of laying out a lot of different things, talking about next steps really clearly, dropping some news that Oliver Shillington is expected to be back, which, you know, I think there was some whispers about that based on Oliver's uh, sudden uh, appearances on Instagram when he hadn't really posted in, since July of last year. But, you know, it's I think the fan base could have used some good news. Mm-hmm. And I think the Oliver news is, is landing yes. very nicely with that with the fan base. But you know, I thought I thought he was really good at sort of just laying things out without airing any dirty laundry in public. So I think, you know, I think that the press conference was what exactly what I think the Flames and the media and the fan base wanted and needed it to be. That's a great way of putting it. What they needed, what they needed it to be, because it was a guy in in charge who laid out a case and then answered the questions. And I wanted to bring up one piece, Ryan, and you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You've been a little bit more in the business than I have been of late. So I, I, it caught me was the comment about I talked to 25 players, coaching staff, trainers, and, 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 and yeah, okay, and the prominent agents, which has to be Alan Walsh, right? Has to be Alan Walsh. There's, there's a few. I, I imagine, like, uh, you know, Noah Hannafin is represented by a CAA with Pat Brisson, yep. Brisson. I'm going to get it wrong, Pat. I apologize. No, but Brisson. Pat Brisson, yeah. Yeah, Pat Brisson. Uh, I imagine J.P. Barry, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Alan Walsh, Darren Ferris, um, you know, pretty much if you're, if your contract is up in the next year or two, I guarantee you that, you know, Don Maloney probably at least sent you an email or a text and said, Hey, got five minutes because that's the kind of thing you, you, you need to know about. I mean, you know, you, you need to control what you can control. I mean, you know, if you're Don Maloney and you're trying to make the flames or enable your new GM to make the flames the best hockey team they can be, there's some things you can't control. You can't control geography. You can't control market size. You can't control Taxes. travel. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of crap that you just, yep. you got to live with. Yep. And the rest of it is the controllables. I mean, say what you will. I mean, you know, bless his heart, Mackenzie Weger got a building done in 11 days. It's amazing, quite but honestly. 100 days Mackenzie to build Weger a McMahon Stadium, Weger does it in 11. Mackenzie Weger and the fine behind-the-scenes folks of the city of Calgary. Yes. Those are the two. Those are the, those two are the heroes, folks. Those are the heroes. But, but you know, you know, it's you've been in that building. I mean, folks, if you've been in the Saddle Dome, we love the Saddle Dome. It's old. Like, we, that's not meant to be disparaging. It's it's a just a, a fact. It's an old building. Uh, the footprint of the building. I mean, every time someone comes up to me and says, ah, oh, geez, why don't they just renovate the building? The footprint of the building is a footprint of a building from 1983. And it's essentially a clown car of amenities crammed into right. closets and available space. And like, basically, there's no wasted space because they have things on top of things on top of things. But so, you've been also, you've seen it. Those are add-ons. Like they yeah. created the extra space underneath seats became storage because of necessity. Not yeah. because and then, of and then sort of became also like the, the it becomes secondary locker rooms like you know the the Calgary Wranglers are using the Flames room because they don't have their own room, yeah. which is you know and it's not even the best room in the really, American League, right? You you don't build a building. Ex- well, that's what the way in in 1983 when the best architects at the time are sitting down and going, let's build this thing to last the next 20 years. I don't think at any point they go, you know, what we're gonna have we're gonna have a hockey team with more than two coaches and we're going to have a, a spa in there because the guys are going to get beaten up and we need to make sure they don't die. And we're going to have medical and we're going to have training dude. rooms. We're going to have video and we're going to have two more teams and a lacrosse team. Dude, never- dude, I don't mean to correct you. I do it, but I don't mean to, um, <laughs> but the actual plans of that building. Oh, that would have been 80 and 81. It would have been 79. It would have been before empire strikes back comes out. I think they probably did the last pieces in 80. But yeah, oh, but the initial 80. drawings, the initial, the, the main drawings, like it took a while, right? So yeah, they, I, they're I, from the I 70s. Have a copy. Some, some lovely person sent me a copy of the uh, of the final architectural renderings. I think the date I see on there is 1982. Sure. 
Fine. So that's when, like, when everything was done, when right. they signed off and everything and they sealed it, 82. So right. still, like, that's, that's you know, 41 years ago. Right. And, you know, like, I I, I just uh, completed pro- – I, I had a, a long chat with Cliff Fletcher, David Poyle. We started talking about how, how the things were back when they started off the, in Atlanta – uh, where it was like two or three guys working out of an ATCO trailer outside the Omni because the building wasn't ready yet. And they had – it was it was a revelation in the National Hockey League when they had an assistant coach. It was boom, boom, Jeffrey on <laughs> yeah, and, that's and right. some trainers. And then like holy cow, it was it was seen as, as heresy when they hired an assistant coach. And then everyone hired an assistant coach. Yeah. And so this arms race of every team has – you know, three coaches and a video coach and a multiple goalie coaches and this, that, and the other thing. And now you're seeing more and more teams, you know, San Jose, Edmonton, Toronto, so on with their farm team, either in the same building or really, really close. I mean, no one anticipated that in 1981, 82. So, Not you know, we, we, no, no one's saying boo about the quality of the design for the time, but it obviously ain't 1982 anymore. And if yeah. you compare a car built in 82 to a car built now, it's like you can, they're hardly built for the same purpose. Right. And, and that's you, the same thing with the building. So that's exactly it. So that was, so one, you're, you're, so you're trying, you're trying to attract 2022 players with a 19, like, it's like saying, thank you for signing with the Calgary flames. Here's your brand new 1982 Cadillac. Well, I mean, no, that's exactly what it's saying. So let's stay in order because I come, I'm coming back to this point because it's a very astute point And it's one that I think is really important. But before I get there, Two other things that I thought were important. One, the question about Brad Treliving. I I didn't think he'd come back. Didn't think it was on the table, but it's answered, right? It's out. Yeah. It's, it's done. The other one was the because Mitch Love, Ryan Huska, they've got some really excellent internal candidates. GM's yeah. going to hire their coach. Those yeah. were really important for me to hear. And GM and the, the GM's going to Maloney's hiring the GM. Yep. GM's hiring the coach. Coaches determine their coaching staff. Yep. So it's not as it like, should be. Yeah, it's not like anyone's necessarily saddled with anyone else. It's everyone's going to make going to get to make their own decisions. At least based on what we got told today. Yeah. Would you? Um, I know that I know that some things um, are out there uh, and have been out there for a while, and some things people buy into, some things don't buy into. Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick talk a lot about external uh, external companies, headhunting companies. You know, companies that are specifically, you know, hired to hire to find candidates and things like that. Or there's the traditional way. Don Maloney goes and and picks up resumes and go. Are you predisposi- predispositioned to one method or another? Not especially. I I think. I think you end up getting a lot of the same people both ways. I think, you know, what worked with the credit, I mean, Brian Burke has probably like a network of contacts in the league second to, to few in, in the sport. Mm-hmm. And so when they hired Brad for living and that hire turned out reasonably well, when they mm-hmm. hired Brad for living, they interviewed one guy, Brad for living, but you know, it was, it was a product of, you know, probably I'd say better part of three or four months right. of, Burke during the course of his everyday affairs and is doing doing the interim GM job, talking to people saying, "Who's the next guy? Who's who's up and coming? Who do yep. we who should we get? If yep. you were me, who would you hire?" Yep. And making a list, and the name that came up most frequently was Brad Living. Right. And Don Maloney has been around hockey almost as long as Brian Burke, not quite, but you know, I'd say he'd also have a pretty good Rolodex. I am fascinated based on the you know they they yep. travel in similar circles, but yep. also you know. Uh, 
we had we had Don Maloney spending you know all that time out in the desert. I am just fascinated to see what the list of candidates will end up being because you know I I I don't imagine that Maloney will only hire will only interview one person, but you know that's that's gonna be a, a very interesting list of names because I think it'll give us some insight into okay what 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 are the flames see as priorities what do they see is what they want to do and the fascinating thing to me is especially you know we uh on the site we did you know robert munich did a piece on craig conroy's candidacy and i did a one on on brad, brad pascal yeah brad pascal and craig conroy are great candidates i'd say equally good candidates they're both really good at different things yep and i think that's the fascinating part because you know uh you can have you know here's a name i i threw up in the uh in the mailbag was Alexandra uh, Mandricki mm-hmm. uh, in Seattle. She's, yep. an, she's the AGM. Uh, she came out of, you know, she and, uh, and AC Newman created AC Newman. It wasn't AC. Uh, but yeah, it was, she was one of the co-creators of War on Ice. Uh, she was, you know, in, in analytics for the wild for a long time. Then she went in, into Seattle where she's, I believe in her second year as AGM or third year, second year, second, second well, season, but second she, season, she third was year. hired early. She was yeah. like their first hockey ups hire. So yeah. basically third season. Yeah. And so she's absolutely a whiz, and not only at analytics, but communicating and integrating analytics. That's a good thing. Is she, you know, does she have the pro hockey experience that, say, Craig Conroy has? No, but Craig Conroy also has probably more scouting experience in terms of touching a bunch of different parts of the organization, running the farm team for a little bit, helping out with with pro scouting, helping out with amateur scouting. And Brad Pascal's basically run a team within a team. He's he's the yep. person at the head of their development team. And if you look at sort of some of the things they've done, putting you know good people at, to have success not only as players but as coaches the National Hockey League. They've been really good at finding smart people and moving them up. Heck, they they had some uh, some trainers, I believe, from the uh, from Stockton move up to the NHL roster. And so, mm-hmm. if you're able to do that kind of translational work in terms of bringing people in, I mean, Conroy's group brings people into the organization, and Pascal's group turns them into NHLers. I don't know if you can say that any one piece of that is more important than the other one, yeah. but that is to say, there's going to be so many different really cool candidates with so many just disparate types of expertise. And it's going to be really interesting to see based on who they hire, what they feel is the thing they need to emphasize organizationally more than other pieces, because, you know, it's, it's like, if you hire a, if you hire a head coach who, who in their presentation just talks about their power play for a thousand years, you know, that you, that the, the organization feels special teams is that important. And so, you know, what's, what's it going to look like? Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting because, you know, we haven't had this level of uncertainty in the organization on, on the hockey ops side and to a certain extent, a little bit of uncertainty based on free agency coming up in a year mm-hmm. on on the on the roster side. We haven't had this kind of flux in probably two decades, but, you know, Don Maloney repeatedly said he's excited and it's an exciting time. And I don't think he's wrong. I think there is sort of some palpable excitement around the club because the weird questions like the big looming questions. The building, the GM, the coach, they're answered. They're dealt with. And now it's a matter of figuring out what it looks like. Whoa, slow down, Cowboy. The building isn't answered. We'll see. Okay. I, you sound more optimistic than I do. I just And, and my, op, my pessimism has nothing to do with hockey or the deal itself. It's just politics. I don't trust politics. Oh, come on. You don't like having three elections uh, held in this area around the same thing over and over again? Uh, I'm getting used to it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm getting used oh, to yeah. it, right? Like, I'm getting used to it. Um, one, uh, one last thing on Maloney, and then I want to go back to the point you were making a little while ago. Uh, there's no sense of this is a rebuild, this is a reload that they feel they've underachieved. And, then you know, they've got young players to integrate. There's no doubt about it. But I didn't get the sense from him that this was about tearing it down and starting from the studs. No, and looking at the math, I mean... I think if everyone on one way is brought back, I was looking at cap friendly the other day. Yeah. If everyone on a one way is brought back, they have 20 players signed and their cap hit would be about 83, three on a cap ceiling of 83, five. So obviously a, they're probably, I don't think it's unfair to say they probably bury Kevin Rooney's deal in the American league just for the cap reasons. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they try to shed, I'd say three, 4 million of, of existing cap, you know, and, easiest way to do that is you bring up kids you, you know yep. you, tra- you make a trade yep. or two yep. and you bring up kids and i think you know we've talked about you know walker door is going to be a full-time nhler next year he's making 50 grand more than league minimum which is just an incredible piece of work by everybody involved yep. even the player i mean that's a good deal uh but i think you know they, they've had some opportunities for these fresh faces so you know, i think they they have it's going to be a fascinating few months just to see who come, who stays, who goes, and what holes they have for kids to fill? Because the last few seasons, I mean, you know, with one or two exceptions, we basically—if you mapped out the roster on the first day of training camp, with maybe one or two exceptions, you would have had it all right. Yeah. Well, I'd have to think Vladar's out, right? That they'll move Vladar to to give Wolf space um, if they can. I'm assuming they can find him a home. It's easy for me to say you, they're going to make you these moves. You think so? I mean, yeah. they—they've—he's—he's he's one of those guys that you know he's—he's he's only played one. This he's played basically two full NHL seasons, and he hasn't played a ton. And I think if you're if you're whoever's the GM in however long, like if the, at the draft you're trying to sell him on players or on teams, yep. he's what he's twenty twenty five ish. Yep. And he's played not a ton of hockey, and I think you can you can basically just point to it's like oh. Dan Valeri didn't work. Look at the team. Not a lot of stuff worked. So yeah. you can't really blame that on him. No. And he's still a super young goaltender with a really good attitude and a lot of promise. And he, you know, his mobility uh, throughout the league will have nothing to do with his play. It just, this, he, is, he just has the bad fortune. We always talk mm-hmm. about all these promising young goaltenders that had the bad fortune of playing behind Mika Kiprasov. He has the unfortunate timing of being in front of Dustin Wolf at a time where Dustin Wolf has nothing left to achieve at the American League level, save for perhaps a, a championship. That's it. Um, and I'm, by the way, and we don't even have to talk about it, but I'm, I'm going after a Group 6 free agent and offering him a one-year, one-way league minimum because I don't think he'll get it anywhere else. Eh, maybe. I mean, there's, you know... I'm talking about top- Matty Phillips, but... Assuming you're talking, yeah, I was assuming yeah. you're talking about Matt Phillips, yeah. and not like uh, I can't else, let but, it go, Ryan. I just can't I, let it go. Honestly, he's he's from Calgary. Like I, we always talk about this. This will be a terrible approximation. And I apologize for making it. We talk about wanting to do the best for someone like Michael Backlund, who's been so good in this community and for this team. I think to a certain extent, you also want to do it for your prospects, where yeah. you know. Yeah. They, Say, say what you will about what they ended up getting or not getting for him. The Flames gave Yusuf Alamaki a chance to play regular minutes by throwing on waivers. They could have, they could have, they had the cast space, they could have stashed him. They didn't do it. They, you know, they could have, I don't think it would have been tenable to carry, you know, two extra defensemen with Mackie and Malamaki both being extra pieces. Yep. It would have been fair to them. And in their, you know, they didn't do that. They, they gave him a chance to go somewhere and play. And so I think whenever the, the Wranglers playoff run is over, whoever's the GM at that point, 
you know, sit down, have a, have a meal with him say, what do you want to do? What are you thinking? And then if he wants to go, you say, great, thank you. We appreciate your contributions. And if there's any part of them, it's like, I don't know what, who's coaching this year. I think that's a conversation you have. And, you know, I think, I don't think throwing a, a one year league men deal would be bad for anybody, but it's just a question of where does he want to be? And yes. what does he want to have the opportunity to, yeah. to do? Because, you know, you don't, he's had so much success that I think to a certain extent, you know, he he's earned the right to, write his own ticket. I st- I'm still not fully convinced he's an NHLer, but I think he's earned the right to play his way out of the NHL at this point. Yeah. And then that's a good way of putting it. Um, back to your Cadillac comparison. And and I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm exactly talking about the same thing, but one of the things that is beginning to be jump out at me and, po- and I was watching that game last night, that Boston, Florida game. Um, it's, it's hard to watch 19 and white. It just is because <laughs> what a shoulda, coulda. Right, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, building might have helped. Certainly can't can't match Florida on taxes. We know that. Maybe making him the captain would have helped. Who knows? But at some point, hockey, the NHL, the Flames, we got we got to have a conversation now. Uh, this is beginning to feel a little bit like the old Canadian equalization problem. You know, that was a dollar. That was a financial thing, and the league had to step in. Uh, I'm beginning to worry that. You know, as much as I hate to say it because I never bought into it, so you're not allowed to draft American kids? at the, I mean, Coronado, we're going to get him for what? You know, I look at Winnipeg. Winnipeg's going to be really interesting because if they blow that up, how are, you know, they? Br- there's a couple of those kids they brought from Atlanta with them. They drafted a lot of those kids. Hellebuck's a, a really good goaltender, and he doesn't want to go through a rebuild. I'm just a little bit worried that we might be living in an era of hockey in, in this country that's making it difficult for, for us, these teams, to keep star players. I'll say this. I mean, you know why players want to play in Toronto? Because they've got a good team. Like, they have it's – a, it's, a, it's a market where hockey matters, mm-hmm. and you either love or hate the attention, but mm-hmm. you know what to expect. You know what to expect, uh, yeah. The, the team's very good. I mean, as, as loath as we are to, to praise the Leafs in this market or any yeah. other Canadian market, I mean, if you look on paper, the team they built, it's underachieved in the playoffs, yep. but it's a powerhouse regular season team, a juggernaut to steal a, a Chris Johnsonism. And they've they've managed to, you know, Mark Giordano could have gotten a lot more money anywhere else. Mm-hmm. He took a, you know, pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. to play in Toronto because he wanted a chance to win. No doubt. And if you can, you know, I, I think the challenge is you got to build it up. You got to, you know, make these organizations, these cities. I mean, you know, Calgary is a, a, a fantastic city. You and I are, are yeah. unabashedly pro Calgary. 100%. And, you know. It's it's one of the more unique markets in the country, and I think you know you see the alumni who stick around here. You know, pro, you know one of the most active alumni groups in the entire NHL, biggest and the uh, most active for sure. Yeah, they they don't stick around because you know oh it's it's got mountains. They stick around for the whole package. I just think the challenge is you know how do you how do you build a program? How, you know, t- Toronto has a program, Edmonton has a program, and yeah, it it really helps that you have a McDavid or a sure. Dreisaitl or an Austin Matthews or sure. uh, a Marner to build it around. But okay. Like I think if you want it for better or for worse, those teams and those markets have identified their aces and locked them in long-term, mm-hmm. paid them handsomely mm-hmm. and built around them. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the, the, the degree to which they can build around them determines how far they go in the postseason. Yep. But you know, that's, that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, we had that here where, 
for for a few years, uh, you know, in the aughts uh, before, you know, Mika Kiprasov and Jerome McGinley got a little on in years, you know, the Flames brought in some fairly significant names Absolutely. in free agency yep. because you could say, you know, the, the idea of, hey, you want to come into Calgary and play uh, play with Jerome McGinley? The answer to most for most people was, ooh, that sounds kind of cool. What kind of money are you offering? The money helps, but the, the you know, having that opportunity to dangle by players is a thing that gets people's attention. And I think right now they're sort of in a state of flux where who is the, who is the, do you want to come to Calgary and play with X? Who is the X in that situation? Because once you figure out who the X is, then I think you can start really building. Except that you are having agents openly talk about the fact that it's the seven Canadian markets that are at the top, that are put on the no trade lists for players. You had yeah. Oliver Ackman Larson's agent, you know, when he got traded to Vancouver, went on Vancouver radio and said, players don't want to play in Canada because of the pressure is too much. Those are the things that I'm talking about, right? I agree with you. You build a program. Listen, you, you, you get Connor McDavid, you're going to come play with Connor McDavid. No problem. But last hey, year, some 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 guys love pressure, though. I mean, do you think Jerome McGinley shirked away from pressure? Some guys are just wired that way. Some guys no, love the but pressure. but but Jerome got to a point, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but Jerome got to a point where enough. I want to go win, right? And 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 that's to your point. You got to build the program. Mm-hmm. That's job number one. Build the program, and then we can have the conversation. But last year, the the Flames had uh, what. Tops in the Pacific Division, won a, won a banner, got to the second round, didn't go well. Fans yeah. love it. It was a great and, and, market. And, and then two players if, walked away. If, I bet you if you put some truth serum into Brad Living, the plan was, you know, you re-up Gaudreau, you re-up Kuchuk, and then you go, okay, how do you make things work around them for the cap and from play style perspective? And then they got dealt a very sure. significant curveball. Granted, a curveball that contractually was somewhat of their own making. You oh, know, they no, put no, themselves no. in a situation yeah, yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. But they they had it. They had a, a but, plan that if they if, but when, if they you walk, would, when you walk you through it, it made some sense. But if you were playing in Calgary next, okay, let's just say they built that building, right? When they announced it. Those two players would have played in that building. They would have played in whatever Calgary next became. So they would have been in a new building with a new facility. If you had made Kachuk the captain uh, these are what's ifs and woulds and coulds and all of those sort of things. I am just saying, Ryan, as somebody who lived through the Canadian equalization times, it's beginning to feel a little bit like that in some cases. Now, it's not financial from the standpoint of the dollar anymore because it's an even playing field. And to your point, build a program. But I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens in Winnipeg now. I'm really going to be fascinated to see what happens in Winnipeg. And... You know, the new building here is going to be, you know what it's like when you can start bringing guys through a state-of-the-art building and they see technology and they see that stuff, it's huge. And that's part of the problem here. But you need to be able, you need to start addressing some of that too. You want to be a destination that players want to come and stay. And I'm, I'm beginning to feel like that might be an issue in Canada right now. Not for everybody and not yeah. for not for everyone, but I think it's worth noting. And, and, you know, we're also in a position now where, like, okay, if you look at the, the seven Canadian teams, I mean, who, you know, if you, if you look at the rosters and look at the trajectories, Toronto has a, has a fighting chance to win something. Edmonton has a fighting chance to win something. Yes. Vancouver is in flux. Calgary's in flux. Winnipeg's in flux. Ottawa's in flux. Montreal's in flux. Yeah. So 
five out of seven markets are in various stage, stages, stages of rebuilding or reloading or whatever the or, re the, is. or at the very least soul searching in terms yeah. of the, yeah. you know, you have five out of seven in where do we go from here and Toronto and Edmonton are capped out. So if, if, you know, let's just say you are a Canadian, you are a, a player, if you're an American player and you're sitting down and, or basically a player from anywhere, if you're sitting down and making your no move, you know, Edmonton, you know, probably Edmonton and Toronto can't afford you. And the other five teams, you know, they're, you don't really know what they're doing quite yet. So in, in a year, maybe, you know, Vancouver's further down the road, maybe Calgary's further down the road and you sort of have a sense of what they want to yep. do. Yep. But like for Ottawa, like, okay, you're going to have new ownership. Great. It's still Ottawa. You I might have Ottawa, Snoop Dogg. But it's still Ottawa. You might have Snoop Dogg as your owner. That may be the I, whole I game changer. I don't know changer. if I like that. Yeah, it might be the whole game like changer it. right there. Now, right. yeah, I just watched them watch watch Ryan Reynolds get Snoop Dogg to join his consortium. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Um, I want to talk about the Wranglers before I let you go, but before I do that, uh, and we glossed over it, we touched on it, we've come and uh, anything that you want to point out. Uh, we're almost a week now from the announcement that uh, you know that, that there's a, a deal in place in principle, um, pending you know funding post election. Uh, you, you've been sorting through it. We've I think we're beginning to learn different details and everything of it. Uh, here, here's, I'll just give you what I'm thinking and then you take it wherever you want. Um, I, I find that a lot of people are okay with the vision of it. Like th this is not the same deal. You and I were talking about, this is not, so comparing yeah. the one that walked away or whatever to this one, that's not the same deal. It's not the same plan. No. like, But what, what they're would... missing right now, Ryan, to me, is they need somebody out in the community as a champion. There's no Ken King making the rounds. There's nobody, yeah. you know what I mean? There's nobody who's hosting a podcast or doing a radio show or a television show and going, we need this Calgary and this is why. And it's right now, I think it's getting beat up in a lot of places because there is nobody defending it. And I would yeah. like to see, I'd like to see that. I, I think, you know, I don't get a vote in this, but, you know, if it's not John I Bean, mean, if it's we, not, we, go ahead. If, if we're being clear here on May 29th, we all can vote on it. Sure, certain. but but you gotta but you gotta get out and talk about it, right? You are allowing one side of this narrative to be taken over. You would you would yeah, agree and, on that? You know, they, once I think once we get past the election, I think uh, the uncertainty will be sort of taken out of it a bit, and I think maybe oh, for sure certain, certain bodies will be a little bit more uh, will be less reticent to really go out and a limb for it. But I mean, you know, it's see the plan I have. This is my plan. If I was Notley, this is what I'd do today. I would say, not only am I going to build that arena, I'm going to build a new stadium. That's my plan today. That's what I would do. You one up the other side. Don't don't tell me that you don't have, you don't know what the deal is. It's not transparent. You want to take a look at it. No 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 no. You come up and say, I I see your arena and I raise you a football stadium. That's how I would address this. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't hate the deal in principle. I, you know, looking at the the shape of it, I I wrote a, a, yep. a lengthy breakdown of the site. Yep. They included stuff that really needed to be included. Yep. The, I think a lot of the, you know, John Bean actually touched on this uh, when he was speaking at the press conference. You know, if if your idea for a public gathering space is let's just shut down a road, that's that's not a much of a plan. <laughs> and if the idea, because like the the big the big headache with Stampede Park and every, you know, we all love Stampede Park. The biggest pain in the ass is parking and getting in and getting out yep. and you know anytime you say 
you know, hey, do you want to come to a Wranglers game or you want to go to a Roughnecks game or a Flames game? The first reaction from whoever you're talking to is, oh, crap. are you going to drive? Should I? Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. Where are we going to park? 100%. And so yep. that was that was something that came up a lot during, you know, behind the scenes uh, during the last iteration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest exposure the city had was uh, the transportation and, and, uh, and, and event management plant. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, the things you need to do to make it so that people can actually go to this place, enjoy this place and get the hell out in any kind of, uh, uh, you know, any kind of velocity they're in place now. Yep. And they have, they have, you know, granted, I need to see high, I need to see better estimates than just a line, a line item with $270 million. Uh, there's been reports, uh, the CBC, I believe Jason Microsoft did a, a column uh, a couple days ago that said, you know, he he was talked to someone close to the project and they said could be about $100 million just for that uh, that four-lane uh, underpass below the CPR line mm-hmm. on 6th. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. So you're looking at, okay, $100 million for that and then like a hundred and some million for – 17th and for 15th and for the the south entrance of stampede park so all, that, all those things make sense and including that makes sense and having everything up front makes sense because that way on the back end of this thing it doesn't sprawl you don't get surprises but at the same time i mean you know if this is if this is the way i see this happening and you know i i'm in no way a prognosticator of things i'm right as often as i'm wrong uh that's why i don't play the stock market at all but the way I can sort of see this happening is, you know, whoever wins the provincial election, even if it's, you know, a new government, this, the city's main thing that they've been hat in hand for with with the province is we need money to fix downtown. Yep. And yep. this by no means is a magic bullet. There's sundry kinds of societal problems they need to deal with. Yep. But if the idea is the, the province has X dollars to give to Calgary for infrastructure for the downtown area, and this is how the city wants to spend it. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I think that's that's as much. I think if you're going to blame anyone for the parts you don't like about the deal, I think you know it lives and dies with the city because the city's the one. This is this is the the whole sales pitch for Stampede Park redevelopment was let's put cool shit downtown and people actually want to go downtown. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. other the second part of that is you need to do the infrastructure upgrades so that people can get to and from the cool shit without losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that yet, and it wasn't in the last deal. Mm-hmm. And so it's explicitly in this deal. That's why the numbers are big and scary and ugly. And that's why the level of, of public money is where it is. So whether you, if you like it or you don't, I mean, it basically, this is what they would need to probably spend to make that area actually work as intended. So you have just proven my point. So if I was you, I would call John and go, I'm happy to do this. I will go on. I will say exactly what I just said, and I will say that. I need to they see don't the have lease any before but, I say I like the deal or not, though. I need to. I need to see the lease. I need to fu- see the, that's the fine, but they but you don't have anybody out right now on the one side saying what you just said. And I've had a lot of people say it to me. I've had a lot of people say this is not the arena deal. You're right. This is a much better. You know, let's let's all these other things. The uh, uh, the platform. The you library, got, got, the Bell Center, all of those admit, things, though. all of I, those things are going to be better off because of have, this, aren't I they? I have many, I have many friends on city council. I cringed when I hear everyone singing from the same songbook because we heard the exact same phrase from like a dozen people more than just an event center, which is great. It's more than just an event center, but 
if the idea is you're, you know, uh, if the idea is you're hanging your hat on here's a building and here's some supporting infrastructure, you got to kind of walk us through. No, you can't just say more than just that, an event center. I need that, my handheld and I need you to walk me but through. But who's walking? Who's holding your hand? Nobody's right holding. Nobody. nobody. You need a hand holder. Not you, but we. We need a hand holder. The All royal right. you. Yes, the royal woo. You, woo, <laughs> us. Um, Wranglers up two games to none on Abbotsford. It's been a feisty. Uh, they don't like each other, which is makes for much better, more entertaining hockey. Uh, and of course, game one villain, the notorious Matthew Phillips, yeah. ejected for spearing a man in the groin yeah. in first period of game one, scores the overtime winner in game two. That's just fun. Right. That's Hockey's fun. Right. A little disappointed in the crowd on Friday. I think it's going to build. I, mean, I do too. Know. I do too. But I think a lot of us thought that Friday might, oh, we'll get to the, you know, 10,000, 12,000 level. I think the thing that worked against them was the weather. It was such a gorgeous night out that oh. if it was patio weather, it's the, one of the first great patio or barbecue cleaning weather. Yeah. And you're asking people, I, hey, do that on Sunday when there's no game. I'm sorry. But what, what did you, I say? Uh, you, you you know, you're asking people it's like, hey, come on inside where it's yeah. nice and cool and refreshing. Actually, I'm not tired of the heat yet. I'm willing to hang outside <laughs> with the heat. Uh, I have a feeling that as this thing goes along, I mean, I, I think their too. announced attendance in the first game was 5,600. Yep. Second game is 8,200. Okay. I have a feeling it's going to keep growing. I don't, I wouldn't but, be but shocked. But that's, mo- that's the Hitman model, right? The Hitman, yeah. about the third round is when they get into the second debt or into the 10,000s. And then, then once it gets into those championship games, now it's a hard ticket to get. I, I think it's exactly going to follow. But you're, it's a good point, too, because it was really a nice weekend, too, right? Yeah, this is, you know, in the first weekend where you don't feel like you're you're being threatened with snow at any moment. So, I mean, you know, you're going to, I think that's that's always the challenge of of, you know, the NHL, you, it's the NHL. You never know if it could be back in the playoffs again. So playoff tickets are hard to come by yeah, and yep. hard hard to part with. Uh, but you know, for something that's less established, I think I I'm, I think they're really encouraged by the by the price by the thing so far. The prices, like, I think I sat lower bowl on Friday for forty bucks. So if you're on the fence about going to a game, they they they're right now their their seating structure, their payment structure is based on age, not. Uh, not where you sit. So adults, I think we're 40 bucks plus fees. I think uh, lower bowl or the kids and seniors or kids and students were like 25 or something like that. I'm, I'm not pulling the numbers completely out of thin air. These do resemble yeah. reality. No, somewhat, no, they're but, reality. They're reality. So yeah. yeah, if you get a, if you get a chance to go uh, game three uh, for the Wranglers, they're in Abbotsford on Wednesday night. Uh, and coincidentally, the other series in that bracket uh, Coachella Valley and the Colorado Eagles also Wednesday night. So potentially we could have both series over by uh, by the end of Wednesday. I thought Coachella didn't they split? Uh, they had another game. They're, they're oh, up, did they uh, play three? They played. Yeah, they played ah, Sunday. Okay. They played Sunday too. So Sorry. they're up. Yeah. Uh, okay. I believe Colorado is up two one. Okay. Okay. So it could. Yeah. So we could be moving rather quickly into that next series. I don't. I'm not sure how, how if they're gonna go straight into the next one or if they give them a gap or something. I the AHL playoff schedules are very weekend oriented. Yes. Kind of as it should be weird. As it should be. Um is there anything on on Flames Nation these days or did you guys just board it up and shutter it because there's just, like nothing to talk nothing about. Nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. So we'll uh we'll have more Wranglers, more prospects. We're gonna get start getting into GM candidates, coaching candidates, uh, this time next week, I believe, yeah, next Wednesday night, or next next Monday night, rather, is the 
fantastic draft lottery. And after the draft lottery, we know where the Flames are picking. Yeah, that'll we'll start, help, won't it? We'll start unveiling uh, some prospect book profiles for the draft. So, you know, it's uh, this feels like it's going to be like, a lot like last summer, where last summer we're like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone who has a, a partner who isn't a big sports fan was going, don't worry, honey, uh, next week it'll quiet down. Oh, for I sure. I feel like I've been telling my fiance, don't worry, honey, it's going to quiet down since I don't even want to think about yep. how long. Yeah. But, you know, that's... It's the nature of the beast, right? It is the nature of the beast. That's why we like it. That's why we do it. Um, appreciate this, sir. Uh, again, it, it, hopefully, we'll have something to talk about next Monday. I'm sure they're 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 running they're running out of deals to make and people to fire. So at this point, they're going to start hiring people. I'll tell you what. If, if, if you're looking for a story idea, here's here's a freebie for you because that's what managing editors are always doing: looking for a free story. Uh, do a deep dive on Carla McLeod as a candidate for a coach. That's that's a good one. Thank you. You 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 sports and uh, but what she's other- done with Chechia and it's been done all in the open and it 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 does check so many of the boxes of the str- struggles here. Now, I having said that, I was at an event in which she was asked a specific question whether or not she wanted to coach the NHL, and she said no, she'd rather coach the highest level of women's hockey. Having said all of that, I still would go back. If we're truly going to be open and, and everybody's on the table, I think she's done one of the best coaching jobs that I've seen in a long time in the last and, two years. And you know what? You know what? If you can get her, what I would do is have her sit in the meetings. Just say, hey, you know, even if you don't want to work for us, we'll pay you a fee as a consultant. Tell us who we should get. Tell us, you know, I if, if, if you're even if you're not hiring people, there's a lot of times where for, you know, Teams interview people they might not be able to hire. You have just talked to about get that some since free day opinions. one. Yep. You have talked about that since day one, sir. So there's a freebie for you. You're welcome. Merci. I mean, after being a pain in your ass last Tuesday while you're trying to work, the least I could do is do something to make you productive. Rob, at this point in our lives, uh, if you're not a pain in someone's ass, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're all trying oh, to be a pain. I'm trying very, very hard. Uh, thank you, sir. We will talk to you next week. See ya. There you go. Ryan Pike, everybody. Managing editor of Flames Nation. Uh, brought to you by Ski Sellers Snowboard. Skisellersnowboard.com. Three locations in Calgary. McLeod Trail by Chinook Center. 17th Avenue Southwest. Just off of 14th Street. Bow Ridge Road Northwest. You ever do your own podcast and your phone is blowing up while you're doing it? and You just can't wait to get off the air because you never know what gems you're going to have. I'm having that day. Uh, I'm very curious to see when this podcast ends. Uh, exactly what kind of trouble I find myself in. Um, It's been a busy day. Uh, Thank you. I want to take this moment to uh, thank Jack and Mark and Gav, our outstanding producers, because we had a a, a little bit of an issue today, and they just, they worked and they worked and they worked till they got it fixed, and I really, really do appreciate that. Final mile for you. Uh, Just a couple thoughts before we go. Um, The election's on. Uh, You vote. Please vote. Uh, I think that's critical. Um, But I think you have, at least I feel you have the right to say, I want to be talked to like a voter, not a marketer. I don't want to be marketed to. I want somebody to talk to me as a voter. We are subject to marketing campaigns. uh, And I hate this. Um, True leadership. And I, I do feel like this is one of my my topics. This is the top. I'm not an expert in it, but I'm a lifelong learner in it. I have worked for incredible leaders. I have had incredible mentors. I've worked for really bad leaders. And I've had some people that just should not be given the keys to anything. 
Um, so I've seen it from all sides. True leadership is not telling you what you want to hear. It's telling you what you need to hear. And I'm sorry. I don't care which party you are. I don't care what candidate you are. I am so sick and tired of you starting every conversation with, well, they. I don't care about they. Tell me about you. Tell me what you're going to do. I don't give a tinker's damn what has been done. I'm not happy. I'm not a fan of this government. I don't, I've said it before. I'm a, I'm a lifelong conservative voter, but with, you know, social, more democratic social vibes, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm nobody. I don't feel like I have a, a party anymore. I really don't. Oh, but Rob, we'll do that. No, 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 no. Tell me what you're going to do. Because it's greater good. It's not individual need. I don't get everything this election. You don't get everything you want this election. But tell me how you're going to lead. Tell me what I need to hear. Don't tell me what I want to hear. And I think that that's the demand we have to start putting on people, especially in the next month. Not the least bit interested in what the other guy's doing. Tell me what you're going to do. And maybe maybe we can make a little bit of change. Um. Two guys I want to talk about before we go. Um, Daryl Sutter. Big fan of Daryl Sutter as a human being. Big fan of him as a coach. Um, I, I'm empathetic. I, I feel like um, you get to a point where the game changes, business changes, whatever, and we try and we try and we try, but we have to hold true to our ideals. I don't think Daryl Sutter did a single thing this year that he didn't in his heart of heart believes would lead to success. I really don't. Never have. He's a harsh, hard ma- taskmaster. Uh, he expects from you what he expects from himself. And if you talk to his former players, some love him, some hate him. But the ones that love him, love him because they brought the best out of him. And I, I like him. I always have. Um, didn't agree with decisions he made this year. Fully understand what happened today. Fully get it. Daryl Sutter's next stop is the Hockey Hall of Fame. He's a, he's a bona fide Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned. Two-time Stanley Cup winner. You look at his coaching record, uh, what he was able to do uh, the, in the prime, just never missed the playoffs, made teams better, made players better. Uh, you know, you heard Jerome McGinley this past weekend. I think uh, somebody, ta- I believe it was Wes or somebody talked to him and said the best coaches he ever played for, Mike Keenan and, and Daryl Sutter. Um, I, I think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Um, I know there's all kinds of other people that, you know, you, different parties and interests um, champion. But uh, Daryl Sutter's a Hall of Famer as far as I'm concerned. And I expect to see him there as a builder. Uh, I want to just thank him, and I want to thank Chris. Um, my hope is that in some crazy way, Chris Sutter is allowed and stays involved with the team. I, I don't think it will work that way, but um, I know his brother Brett, his beloved brother Brett, is still the captain of the of the Wranglers, and he'll have a, a vested interest there. But to, to see Chris in this second go-round uh, in Calgary and the smiles that he puts on people's faces and the role model that he is for a lot of kids that I work with and a lot of people in the community. Um, he deserves a ton of credit and I hope he gets that credit. I hope there's always going to be a place for him. Um, but I just wanted to, to thank both of those guys. It's, it's a heartless business. It's for some people it's TV and it's drama and there's good guys and there's bad guys. 
I, I like Daryl, always have. Um, he's always been good to me. Um, he is what he is. He's a hard-ass coach that demands a lot and has had success in this league. It's just not that league anymore. It's just not that league. Um, we will continue the hockey talk this week. Uh, Peter Marr on Wednesday, Eric Dehatchuk on uh, Friday. Also going to weave in some other guests around that. Uh, Bar and Burner is must-watch this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw it today. It's worth going back and listening to the podcast. Frank Cervelli was on it. But I think Rhett and Boomer really have brought some interesting insight to this conversation. And, of course, the Flames Nation. Uh, FlamesNation.ca. Uh, we just had Ryan Pike on, the managing editor. Tons and tons and tons of material for you. Um, crazy day. Crazy day all the way around. Uh, thanks for being patient with me. Thanks for being uh, patient all the way around and, you know, all the way around. And the election's underway. All the way around. Anyway, we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Have a great day, everybody. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.